It's a recording session from the bowels and entrails of Comerica Center. Uh, Just a little bit of uh, clerical uh, housekeeping here. This was a 10.15 recording session this morning. The Razor Boy arrived at 10.05. Jeff Totes, who's always punctual and professional, here at 10.12. Tom Holy arrived at 10.16 for the 10.15 recording. And Mike Heike rolled in in a professor's jacket and chukka boots at ten eighteen. This is this is Tom. Hi, hi, I'm Tom. Tom I was Holy. I was gonna be on time, but I actually forgot something in my office. Which Tom, we don't need was you gi- for at least forty minutes. Which was a which was a gift to Razor. What what were you? Yeah, gifted? it was actually it's pretty good morning. I got a gift from Cody Eastwood. Uh, when I arrived for some of the summer work that I had done. And Cookies? most of the time, summer is a verb in the Razor Boys world. But uh, summer was also work for me. And I did a little bit of work, got paid off in uh, swag. And I got some Tullamore uh, Dew, Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. And I do enjoy whiskey. From More Ireland. Scotch whiskey than, than Irish whiskey, although I'm Irish and Welsh. So uh, anyway, all right, here uh, here comes some platinum level mediocrity this morning uh, let's start with uh, tornado talk i'm driving here took me a while to get here but I, I left early that's why i was here on time as mike babcock likes to say let's start on time boys come on uh i drove right through the swath that that f3 and f3 sliced through the heart of north dallas on sunday night impacted uh, the private school corridor and, uh, you know, lots of sweet, strong Dallas Stars fans that live in that general vicinity. And obviously a couple of stars in, in Tyler Sagan and Ben Bishop especially. Uh, it, it was shocking how much damage when I rolled through there today because I hadn't been there. I know where it's at and that. But, man, you're like, wow, that was violent. And the interesting thing, just because I've seen tornado damage as well, they had one in Fort Worth a few years back. Is how selective it is. Oh, my God. It's like... Half a block north of there, it's pristine. Half a block south of there, nothing. And then... Man, it just looks like an absolute... I don't know what went through And you do wonder what what it's like to be in that when it's happening. How did everybody... Everyone's fine. That's the thing that... The the warning, I guess, helps. Although, you talk to uh, Ben Bishop, they, they had no idea. No. I felt really bad for him because if you've, it's bad for adults, but when you have kids and at time, those sirens start going off in your neighborhood and when you have little kids and they are freaked and you're trying to calm them down at the same time, you're like, okay, how are we going to ride this out? And he's got a baby and a young uh, son along with his wife, man, that, and windows are blowing out. That must have been frightening. He has that goalie mentality as a baby, I guess, though, because he stayed calm and actually didn't wake up. The baby? Ben said that he just slept through it, and Ben just went in the bathtub with him. They did go to the bathtub, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... You know, the ironic thing is he played for the old Texas Tornado, Ben Bishop. Played for the Texas Tornado. Experienced. So perhaps there's 
some kind of a buffer that is developed when you've attended goal for the the Texas Hell Funnels, and uh, you can work your way through there. The NAHL's uh, Texas Tornadoes that played right next door to us here from '99 to 2013. Tyler's experience was pretty interesting too, yeah, from so his perspective. He, he's selling the house. He was selling the house, or is he just playing Monopoly in North Texas where he's just going <laughs> to continue to own boulevards? Which which one would that be? was that, would that be Illinois? Would I, that be? I don't <laughs> I don't know. But it was it was his former it was his abode former abode. He was at his current home, and then he saw where it was going and he's like I better go check that out it got smoked so I was sitting there at home and I just typed in tornado hashtag tornado on Twitter and I was looking at it and I saw a house and I'm like and I said that looks like Tyler's house and then I saw the little address and I'm like those numbers are familiar to me I better check with them so I texted him I said is that your house and he goes then he called me oh he wasn't aware no I got yes he was at that point so I got a phone call two minutes later he said Buddy, I'm in front of my house. It's gone. It's just gone. It's it's just wreckage. And I said, holy cow, what do you need? And he just was trying to figure it out. And everybody there was trying to figure everything out. Yeah. And then I started getting random emails from all these news outlets wondering if it was his and what happened. So he gave me the go-ahead to say it was, and we dealt with that. And then the funny thing was I got an email in the morning from the Weather Channel, which I never thought I would get a Weather Channel email. And they wanted him on at 7 a.m., and to talk to him, but it's a game day. He wasn't going to do it. And then they asked for his security footage. <laughs> Never really? thought I'd get a security footage request from the Weather Channel. Did you release it? No, they doesn't have any. He went and oh. tried to look at it, and there was nothing to see. But wow. he was pretty rattled. Weather was, Channel. Yeah. Fun, fun fact about that property. Fun fact about that oh property. Oh, my God. No, we don't want to hear really any quick. of these stories. We can't. This is a family podcast and what have you. Okay, then here's what I'll say. Before Tyler, uh, that house belonged to golfer Anthony Kim. Fun fact. Totsi also shot the footage for the for the real estate people there. Did you go there with a drone? Yeah, I shot the house back in June when it was put on the market. Shot footage of the house. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, there's a difference, right? Yeah. Very impressive property. Not anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll tell you, we'll end sort of on this pretty impressive. Like that had to rock Tyler a little bit. Oh my God. I thought he played great in the game that night, showed his professionalism. Even if, I mean, Ben Bishop wasn't scheduled to play that game. If he was, he wasn't going to start that game. He was up all night. Uh, Jamie Ben stepped up and had his family stay with him. Uh, They live close to one another. So that worked out. Uh, But I mean, you, that that's a that's your world getting upended when that happens. Well, you think about the preparation, everything they do to be ready for one game, and then I mean Jamie's doing everything he's doing that night. Tyler's doing everything yeah. he's doing, and and should say that too. Yeah. Jamie Ben played fantastic yeah. in that game too. The underrated thing from Jamie's perspective is Bish's cell dies, and Jamie just shows up. That says a lot about a man. True that. Everybody's fine. That's the that's the main thing. So, how many calls you get from people elsewhere? Are you fine? Anybody? Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Emails and text messages. Yeah, we had lots too. Yeah, you live closer to it. They I mean, yeah, I'm, it was about I'm, I'm a ways away. Ten minutes north of of us, and uh, man, I you know you drive through there all the time, and that you see those old hundred year old trees just get pummeled. Anyway, uh, here's the segue. Stars. Are they starting to see a little bit of daylight 
here now. As we do this, they've won two in a row. Uh, contrary to what some people call a winning streak, I'm, I'm going to be a little anal here. You In PR, I'm not sure if you call two wins in a row a streak. In the writing world, do you, do you refer to it? No, but I've seen it referred to as a streak. I think you got it. It's like the difference between a few and a couple, is it not? Well, when you go back to major league, you you have to win one more, and that's a winning streak. Yeah, exactly. You got to string them together, otherwise you're just coupling. True, <laughs> it's a coupling. Yeah, a pairing. So anyway, answer the question, Heike. Okay, which is uh, yeah, um, two things. The Philadelphia game to me was bad. Uh, as much as they did a lot of good things and they found a way to win this the game. It's a hot sports opinion. Can you hear the siren in the background? <laughs> the game on Monday was good. Now, Ottawa's not a great team, but like the thing that I've been waiting for them to do all year is just start a game with purpose, mm-hmm. and they did that on Monday. Yeah, they did. Uh, and that's something they've really needed to do. Some of what happened or I saw in Pittsburgh I liked, though. Yeah. Some. And it was like most of the games up to probably last game where there were pockets of great and then there were some pock marks on right. the overall. The, the Flyers game was actually smart and they haven't been smart this year. No. And so then when they're up two to one, they make it three to one a minute 40 in or whatever. And then they just sit back and push everything. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that, it, was, that was at least playing the game, playing the score and playing the way you're supposed to play, even if you give up all those shots. Right. And, and th- that was just a needed win. Right. They, however you get it, it didn't really matter. But they they still took unnecessary penalties in that game against a smoking hot power play. Right. That that can get you done. They they give up a goal a minute into the game again. That can get you done against a a, a quality opponent. I think the Flyers were dealing a little bit with traveling all over the globe and and then swinging back from Western Canada and it didn't go very well there. Their young netminder looked like he was fighting the puck the entire game. So I, I think the Flyers as a team played a little, little bit in fear of their own netminder, which happens. Right. You play a little bit differently. Still, I mean, when you... I know they hit a couple posts and all that and, and we can spin it whichever direction we want and the stars certainly have. The The fact that you only generate, you know, four shots or whatever, six if you want to count posts, over 40 minutes you're not you're not really hitting on no. every aspect of your game but they got the win bishop was uh, was marvelous he was exactly what they needed after they gave up that early goal right he, he was so clean with how he played and there was a lot of talk about how well the, you know how many real quality chances did they get well they didn't get that many quality chances because he wouldn't allow it and he handled the puck with authority which really helps in a situation like that and you're right the Corey Perry goal early in the third that ended it they weren't that was the other team that was always scoring that goal so it was nice to see it flip and then they come home and I was with you I mean I don't know how many times we've come into a broadcast talking about how the stars need to start better why don't they start better why do they never score in the first period what is especially at home they tiptoe into games they check the temperature of the water all these things over and over again and you're just waiting for them to just throttle an opposition like they used to and this that's not a good team no. at all in the Ottawa. and they understand it they're their veterans are are semi there mentally. They understand what's going on. They're they're kind of like Detroit at this point. 
they'd like to compete, but they really don't want to win <laughs> as an organization. <laughs> right. They have two first-round draft picks this summer. They didn't have one last year because they let it go to Colorado. It's a good draft. They need to restock. The two guys they're building around, uh, the one, Shabbat didn't play very well, I didn't think, in the game. Talk about trying to do too much as a young guy. The other guy, I would take, I, I would give almost anything up to get him. Yeah. I love players like like Brady Kachuk. And you saw it in that game. Yeah. He has no idea. He could care less what the score is. Yep. He's one of those. He's going to play a certain way from start to finish. And I'm more impressed by him than I am his brother in Calgary. Yeah. Well, it's funny is that, you know, there's a respect for the game and all that. And and it seems like he can challenge a Jamie Benn and still respect the game, which I think that I like that. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can do it. You don't have to be a oh jerk. You can, you can be a good leader and also... Be smart. There aren't enough players in this game today like him. Brady Kachuk got drafted here in Dallas. Thanks. About about a minute before a minute before the draft started, I'm walking in the bowels of the arena. Bowels and, is a big and big Brady word. Kachuk. Well, <laughs> what comes to it? Okay. Brady Kachuk is running around and he panically comes up to me and says. Do you know where a bathroom is? Oh, honest to God. A minute before the draft starts, and he's a high pick. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world, so I directed him to a bathroom, and he got back up there. But that was a minute before the draft in Dallas when he was a top prospect. Look you heard that. it here first. That is Rinky bu- dinking, folks. That Rinky behind, dinking. That's the behind-the-scenes stuff that is demanded. Storytelling. That's storytelling. <laughs> Potty talk at the same time. So... Are are they coming out of this, or do we need to see more? We need to see about six or seven more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Let's get up to five hundred, and I we'll start you. talking about coming up. Here's the deal. I've, I've, you know, I mean, they should have won that game like eight nothing. Yes, they played. They played. They that played that well. well. And I was disappointed they didn't shut him out because they, they should have. And Well, and then you even go to the empty netter. I mean, if they would have just executed that, which yeah. they should have. I mean, they, they pulled the goalie with two and a half minutes yeah. left or there's, whatever. There's still... There's still little things yeah, they got to do. And if they, win, if they get that empty netter, then it's 3 nothing. But and... just like when they were losing, it, it, it feeds upon itself and snowballs. Same thing can happen with wins. Even yes. though ugly in Philadelphia... Got away with some stuff. Uh, should have won bigger, but didn't. It's going to go down as a one-goal victory. It's still a victory. They beat Anaheim here, and, and then they... Well, I, I do believe that this stretch is going to set up how hard the first stretch was. I mean, they play, played 11 games in 19 days with one day between each. So they had almost no practices. They had nine flights. They were playing top-notch competition. That was a horrible way to start the season. This stretch here, they need to take advantage of it because it's a really cushy stretch. We were joking about this the other day prior to the game against Ottawa that it, it's just how you want to spin it because there's so many teams that want to be out on the road early in the year to right. galvanize your team. And then it doesn't go well, and you're like, well, you know, that was a rough stretch and a lot of games and uh, tough opponents and always on the road. We need to get home and get a rack together right. during a homestand. Whatever you need, you can find it. <laughs> It'll right. be out there. They're still having this uh, score two or fewer issue. You know, as much as they won last game, they scored two goals. They, again, should have scored eight or nine, had enough quality opportunities but we've said this now for over a season yeah you know this the, the the score two uh and win versus the senators was the the coulda shoulda thing we've seen a dearth of goal scoring dating back to the late hitchcock 2.0 tenure here 
If so, if you look this year, that's two or fewer in eight of the first eleven games. Eight of eleven. Yeah, it's hard to win consistently when when you're stuck in neutral with your offense a little bit. And if you go all the way back to the spring of that season, seventy seventy of the last one hundred and nineteen regular season games, they've scored two goals or fewer in. Wow. That's almost 60% of the games. Yeah. And that that's in a league that is going in the other direction. Now, you'd be remiss if you didn't mention that they had, until the beginning of this year, they had re- significantly tidied up their defensive game and challenged last year for the lowest goals against in the league. So, yeah, you're going to have to give up a little something at the other end in order to be better at your own uh, or in your own zone and, and that. But... There's got to be some kind of a balance or a mix in there. I mean, sixty percent of the time, every time you're you're scoring two goals or less. And last year was the with the highest scoring season in the last thirteen years in the NHL. Yeah. Teams were averaging three goals a game. Averaging, there were six goals a game in in mo- that was the average in the National Hockey League last year. So well, a lot of this, I think, comes. It's to- hobby horse. That's what it is. A lot of this comes to three coaches in three years and trying to get confidence in the system. And then I think everybody thought on paper, okay, well, now you've got... So you're blaming it on coaching. I'm just saying that it's it's part of the equation uh, that, you know, you got to get confidence, you got to get comfortable, you got to get to the place where you're not thinking too much in the system. And I thought that this summer, with the addition of John Stevens, with the coaching staff all on the same page, with the players having gotten used to what they're supposed to do, they would get that confidence, they would get that comfort. And it hasn't shown yet. And so then you do start then questioning, are they not finishers? Are they guys who get fantastic opportunities? Well, you do. You, you have to look at that before you look at coaching, do you not? No. At this point? It's 120 games worth of it now. Man. But 120 again, games. Through three so, different no, no, coaches. No, 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 Whoa, 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 So if you're giving up, if you're giving up lots of goals, is it, is that just the way you're being coached? Yes. It's not, got nothing to do with the goaltending. It's all, it's always everything. But it's I think. It's always everything. But I think you can look at Should we pull the, the plank issues. out from between the cheeks of your bum? You're <laughs> sitting on the fence, Heike. That's where the that's where all the good views are on the, right. on the fence. <laughs> I, I observe. That's oh, so what I do. Give us your elevated view of this. Then it's always everything. Okay. It's right. one always everything. That's these, our quote 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 of this week. These players, I don't think, over the last three years, have been comfortable within the system. So then when you get used to scoring, when you don't think about, oh, here's a scoring chance. Why are the Buffalo Sabres scoring a lot? That coach has been there for 10 games now. Well, they, they, I think the coach last year was part of the issue too. <laughs> I think there's a ton of talent in Buffalo right now. <laughs> yeah, but shouldn't it take a while? This, I'm going to defeat everything. You can defeat it, everything. I, it again, I agree it's with always you. It's always everything. It's always everything. <laughs> Tom wants to weigh in. Hike is like Stifler. You don't score until you score. Culmination. You know, in some ways, you're you're right though. <laughs> thank you. And that is a wonderful analogy, Tom. Thank you for that, and thank you for being here. Does it get better? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Too. I think so too. But one, no, I, I think they get on the same page. Two, I think they get comfortable and stop thinking so much. Okay. Now, how do they do that? That's part of the process. Well, part part of the issue that they didn't 
that they scored two so frequently last year was they can't get themselves on the power play. Yeah. They can't get themselves on the power play. So they don't have this this uh, wealth of power play goals to add to their even strength goal scoring. And this adding to the – it's always everything. It's going on again this year. As Joe Pavelski said after the game, it's really hard to start getting good at the power play when you only have one or two a game. Yeah. So then now, in addition to we don't even have the time on the ice, we don't have the experience yeah. together to get better at the power play. Yeah. I, I think it'll get better, too. Even before the season, I remember talking with uh, Montgomery, and, and he wasn't, like, prognosticating they were going to end up top five in the NHL in goals. What he wanted, which was smart, and it's still the, the goal of this overall thing, is to be as good as they were defensively and, and goals against – and just move to be average right. off just be average offensively finish somewhere in the in the 13 14 15 range in goals for and and I'm like yeah sure I'm all for that yeah. but when your power play <laughs> 10 games in your power plays 28th and and you've got the worst offense in the league with the way you started they've got a bit of a hill to climb yeah and again always everything if they start games well if they Get ahead. It's like a kid's song. <laughs> always everything. It's, they got to do always. all these little things together. Start the game well. Play with aggression. Play together. Get a lead. Okay? All of a sudden, now you've got a lead. Well, now it's easier to play the game. Now it's easier to score goals. So oh then God. at the you end of the way up top, don't you? <laughs> at the end of the night, you're scoring four instead of two because you tossed in an so empty netter. Easy and easy from way up and top. And then uh, oh, it's, it's the easiest always, game in the world. You know why? Because from up there, it is always everything. I try to tell you people that, and but you don't everything listen. you see is always available visually. Always everything. Do I need to trademark that? I'm sure a team's going to. I think that. I think you already have. I think it's done, folks. Send us in like your country music rendition of that. I want your kids show rendition of that. It's always everything. She left me because it's always everything. With that, we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about how reliant the National Hockey League, the industry of the National Hockey League in 2019 is on television and tweets. All right, we've covered always, we've we've covered everything, I believe, in the first half of this. This is something that uh, I was mulling over the other day on one of our off days. There have been plenty of those uh, here lately, where uh, I got thinking, just, just how reliant is the National Hockey League and all of the offshoots and tributaries to us essentially the regionals providing the content for them in every aspect of it and if you just looked at it on the surface what would you think what would you think uh, i mean i i live it in and you know i changed jobs last year in part because of it because i think the fans want this stuff 
for as free as they can get it. And I think the league wants to give it to them for as free as they can give it so that we can get a cycle going of the fans wanting to watch every single game and being tuned in. And and so, yeah, I think we're a huge part of the whole process of getting this information to the people so that they can be fanatical about the sport of hockey. Just for those of you who have not... Uh taken in some rinky-dinking and passed. This is our weekly deep dive, is what this is, into a shallow pool, by the way. <laughs> the, the, the subcategory of this little chat is, is replay ruining sports. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second. It's nice that we have uh, two guys that are, are very involved in, in the broadcast business now, and young Jeff Totes. Uh, who provides an awful lot of video, and now the, uh, not the poobah, but the vice president of broadcasting? Is that your title? No, I think it's vice president, comma. Communications. Communications and broadcasting. Oh, so it's an and. But you're the emperor of broadcasting. Why why is broadcasting not leading? Uh, I think they did it in chronological Tom, order, I'll, not I'll alphabetical. Tell you, I'll tell you right now that it should be leading, and this is why. Look at look at this list I have. Just just listen to this, people. Okay, there is no situation room in Toronto without our feeds, our broadcasts. There's no player safety if they don't have our feeds, our broadcasts of the indiscretions that they review, and then they put out a video. It's our stuff. It's not done from the, what would you say, eight cameras that the NHL has in every arena? Probably about that. A couple over the goals, uh, four on the blue lines, and then two in the nets. Or, and yeah, two and the, the ankle cams that are at the back on the end wall. Cams. Yeah, they're little, look at the... End Are those cankles? Look at the end boards. <laughs> you look at the end boards, you'll see that? a little square. I put them together. Cankles. Cankle cam. Anyway, my list. So there's no video review if there's no video. True. They could, I guess you could have somebody just sit there and watch the players scream by the blue lines to figure out whether it was going to be offside or not. But there, goalie interference or any of those things, puck out of play, none of that. There's no NHL network. Without our feeds, I mean, it'd be pretty boring. It'd be talking a lot, and then they'd do one game or whatever. There's no NHL.com. NHL.com is just littered with video. Yeah, like, there's writing on it, correct? I would describe, I would describe all the plays, and that's all it would need. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Be like the talkies back in the, the 30s or something. Here comes second down the left side. Look at that, boy. Uh, uh, Heike no, said here that he tripped him, so that's what we're going with. There's no center ice. There's no center ice, which is a wonderful app or apparatus for watching all the games. There are no highlight packages. That's duh. There's no Twitter. There's no Twitter without video anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, look at Totes weighing in on that one. There's no Insta. You look at everyone's Instagram feed. You pretty much run our Instagram feed, do you not? Is it a lot of writing? No, no writing. No, it's mainly minimal text. Yeah, Yeah, it's mainly video. Thank you. Uh, There's no, 
What are the systems the coach coaches use? Hawkeye, Hawkeye system and the pucks. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. That the the Kelly stat, Forbes yeah. and them use? Pucks. But there's a few different ones, Exos, right? Exos, pucks. Yeah. There's a few. They, they couldn't do that without us. They don't have the iPads on the bench without you. The, hold it, Tom. I'm, I'm jumping your done, list. I'm not done my list yet. There are no iPads for the players on the bench or after the games. On our flights. Well, they'll have iPads. Well, they would have iPads, but it would be mostly Netflix. Netflix, yeah. A little chilling. After our games, each player has an iPad that's plugged in. And then on the flight after, Kelly Forbes runs down, drops off the iPads, and they they can watch their shifts and clips from the game. Well, they can't do that without us broadcasting the game. Uh, there's there's no video coach room. There's no there would be no real full purpose for that. I think back to Leon Frederick back in the late '90s for Hitchcock around here, and the joke being that God and Leon, if you're listening to this, the joke being, hey Leon, could you do this? I can't. I got I'm cutting tape for Hitch right now. He was actually having they did to tape. go ha- having to rewinding go from VHS yeah. to VHS. Can you imagine the quality of video? In standard def, and then going down another generation, it was just blur. It's like looking through the bottom of a Coke bottle at this stuff. There's no NHL TV, which provides a, a ton of content. Uh, there, there is no team web content. If you go on our website, there's video all over the place. Now, there's wonderful stuff that, that totes and other people provide behind the scenes and, and that. Like after last game when he had Hudobin... And the gold of Hudobin saying, I don't need the shutout. I just take the win. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Is that your Hudobin? That was a horrible. Imitation? <laughs> Get the microphone away from Tom. That was a brutal impression. Yeah, it was. I think we all agree at that. Um, there's, no, there's no game being beamed overseas. How many games? Is there a game or two games a week being beamed overseas? There's four in Mexico and then Finland and Sweden. All of them yeah. get a lot. There's no sports scan without the the tweets and the writing and what happened. Sports scan is an accumulation of all the different teams' coverage throughout teams the league. Is? Teams Teams apostrophe throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Are multiple teams and yet there's a possessive and, apostrophe. And probably the most, the most important thing with – local or regional broadcasts and Twitter is there would be no uh, line tweets at morning skate. And how would anybody survive in 2019-20 NHL without having the lines tweeted out immediately in the morning at the skate? Before that, do you get offended that when the coaches are watching the video that you've provided that they are not listening to your voices? They sit on the plane. That's a different topic. Hand the mic over, and we'll go back to that. As, Tweeting the lines. As funny, Mike as funny as you are, this was probably six, eight years ago, Kelly Forbes would come to me and say, do you have the lines for the other team? Because they weren't readily available. Now they are. Now he doesn't have to ask me for the lines because every single reporter tweets out, sometimes eight or ten times it's in the just, morning. It, I think it's your sole purpose of being there in the morning. People like the lines. I, I tried to explain this to a friend in Michigan. I always have a friend in Michigan. And he goes, so what do you mean they come out? Are they like holding hands? And I'm like, no, they you know go what? through their We're little... We're going to get to a point where it'll be like like college hockey. They, they get it in college hockey. Yeah. 
the the AD or the sports whatever uh, goofball, they they'll just put out a sheet. Yeah. With the lines, like the coaches know the lines. Just put out a sheet and give it to everybody. Jim, Why do we have to go through this? Jim tells dance? us basically. I, yes, always, but they don't all do it. No, they they should just mandate. If it's so important, they should just mandate. You got to put out your lines yeah. here, and then they can screw with it later in the day and go. Yeah, we made a couple changes, and then they can throw some curveballs. Whoa, that'd be fun. Be anyway, Tom, back to what you were uh, asking. Am I offended? Are you offended? Yeah, you sit there on the plane seeing them go pour over the video. Oh, no, I would prefer but that, there, I would no prefer audio. that they don't listen to what I have to say on the air, actually. I don't, I, to be honest with you, I don't care one way or the other. I'd be fine if somebody had an issue with anything I say coming up and asking me about it. Usually, though, the problem with it is the the player doesn't really have that much of an issue with it. It's the other people. And then they get some kind of fantastical, phantasmagoric rendition of what I said that hits the ear hole of the individual that actually plays the game. And it turns into a completely different dance than what it was when it came out of my my mouth hole. Who are these people that are... There's just all that stream of words that just came out of your mouth. Agents and stuff. So anyway, the the bottom line is I don't think there's enough uh, appreciation for what is going on with the Fox Sports of the world and AT&T and and all of the regionals. uh, Everybody gets a good pat on the back for the nationals. But we're, we're the ones putting out most of the work and providing most of the content for all this. Like, it would not exist. There's a uh, mockumentary, I don't think it's a documentary, that came out years ago called A Day Without a Mexican. If, are you aware of this one? No. So it, it, essentially, it was done out in California. And the idea was, if you, if you took all of the Mexican laborers out of that workforce there... California would paralyze. Nothing would work. Right. From uh, driver, you know, drivers to everything that goes on in in that economy out there would just stop. They 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 couldn't do it. And it was just, it's similar to what is going on here. Like if we don't do a game, they can't they can't run their world. Right. The preseason is a great example. They brought in these new rules and that in the preseason games they couldn't even. They couldn't even have those rules. Yeah, you couldn't have replay. No, be a part of it because the the games weren't televised. No, it's a great point, and you know it's an excellent point. I only see your crew on a regular basis, but the fact that you try to get better every single game, every single year—that's not true. No, I think I watch them, and you have a very good crew. And you know, same thing with the website, same thing with Totes or me. We're trying to provide as much content as we can to make the fans happy, and and I think that's a good thing. Give the people what they want, not what you think they need, which I struggle with sometimes. I asked you the question a couple weeks ago. 15 years ago, people gave refs the benefit of the doubt a lot more. And now everybody's just harping on every single review, every single call that's made. And I asked, did the way you broadcast games change? And how do you, do you think that fed into people's Twi- then you look at the Twitter feeds, and you—is that why the people's Twitter feeds are going crazy? Are you? No, people are re- just mad in general. Are they responding to broadcast? Are broadcasters responding to tweeters? What's happening? Yeah, I mean, there's probably some of that where uh, 
guys do their job with the idea that they're they're going to have to deal with social media and everything. I mean, that's for me, I think that's the wrong way to go about your business. But at the same time, there are people that run uh, either teams, PR departments, broadcast networks and that, that live and die on what people say on social media, which is a slippery slope. Has it affected officiating? Uh, what? Twitter? The constant drumbeat of Twitter, camera angles, uh, yeah, prob- everything. Uh, probably. I mean, there's no question that HD has affected. Because you look across games. all sports. Baseball has it. Football has it. Basketball has it. NHL well, has it. Where everybody is just criticizing officiating. And the respect for those authority figures is kind of dwindling. Like the NBA I watched last night, they, had a, they, they have a harder rule on how players react to officiating with their theatrics. NBA just or the NFL just fined some players for criticizing it in the media. The NHL last year during the playoffs had sweeping rule changes because of the criticism. All right, well let's talk about that. Okay, so my my sort of blanket statement on video review nowadays is that too too much uh, being absolutely correct to the benefit of no one. Is essentially what it is. It, you, you, the, the idea of video review is we just want to get. You hear it from every league. We just want to get the calls right. You want to get the calls right, but who who is it really benefiting that you're getting offside absolutely correct? And the thing with it, that it's turned into in all these sports is people are reviewing these things for like thirty to thirty five seconds when it was intended for the. Wow, that's an but obvious, blatant. I, but that's miss, my point. You and now there's too much time. You can do it. You can do it. We've got the the all of the mechanisms to do that. But why? And should you? Be, so look at the video review changes this year from the 2019 playoffs. Joe Pavelski is now Dallas Star. The major penalty that was doled out in the Vegas San Jose game. Okay. Well. Because they scored so many power play goals, they made a rule change. You can kill off power plays. You know, you're, you're, hey, Vegas, your penalty kill can come through for you. If that happens, is there a change? No. Probably not, right? So San Jose, in the San Jose series, there's a hand pass, right, against St. Louis, the, the San Jose-St. Louis series. Well, who went on to win the Stanley Cup? The, the goal was allowed. Doug Armstrong was out of his mind. Everybody was upset. They've made another rule change in video review. Now you can review this. We've already seen one in one of our games. But if they just went, eh, you know, it, we missed one, you still won the cup. But that, that's the problem with this. It, it, HD's to blame. It murders passion within the game all these reviews and long reviews and delays and what have you. It's imperfect in its, in its uh, existence now. They don't even get it 100% right now with video review. So if the purpose of video review is to get things absolutely correct, well, you're not doing it anyway. So let's, let's tap the brakes and scale down. Uh, I think if there was an upref, if you had some kind of an upref for the egregious miss, 
That's all we want to get right. right. They're going to make mistakes. The players make mistakes. The coaches make mistakes. General managers make mistakes. Broadcasters make mistakes. Totes doesn't. He's no. perfect. Otherwise, just move on from this stuff. I don't understand why we have to be absolutely perfect just because we can slow it down to how many frames per second now? A gazillion yeah. frames per second and figure out whether that guy's skate was off the ice or on the ice that had nothing to do with the actual scoring play. Yeah, this That's is BS. A, this is an odd one, but when Michigan State played Texas Tech in the NCAA playoffs last year, late in the game, Texas Tech guy knocks the ball away from Michigan State player. As the ball's being knocked out, it grazes the Michigan State player's pinky. So technically it goes, even though the Texas Tech player knocked it away from him, anybody would say he, you know, it's Michigan State ball. They slow it down and they say, no, it touched his pinky. And then Michigan State didn't get a, a final possession. Anyway, point being is that was the wrong call. Slowing it down made it so even though technically it was right that was the wrong call and i think we see the same thing in hockey it's like actually when you slow it down as much as it's quote unquote technically right it's against what we've what we've had for it's our not whole a bad lives. it's not a bad thought that that they can you can review things but you have to do it at a certain speed right I like that. What do you think of that? Well, the other thing that's interesting is you talked about the guy upstairs is the one thing for all sports, I think, is try to duplicate what the person at home is watching. So like when a, a referee goes into a, a hood and sees something on a nine inch screen, that's not duplicating what the person at home is watching. If you have a guy upstairs on an 80 inch yeah. screen who can slow it down frame by frame himself, at least he knows what people are, are seeing downstairs. A lot of times the in arena feed doesn't get the, all the views that you guys are sending out. And so then they, they have less information than a guy sitting on his couch. That's, and it's a bit of a problem now too. Like we were just in Philadelphia, they have a brand new video board there it's stunning and so you i laugh because if there's a review of a linesman or a ref down in the in the timekeeper's box down there i mean it's a sizable monitor they're looking at up or an ipad it's like an ipad pro like it's it's you know it's not a mini but everybody in the building is watching in like crystal clear high definition and they know or don't know whether right. it's going on. And these poor guys that are trying to adjudicate it down there are like, I don't know, it looked like it, it might have. I, I just... We have the technology. We've ruined it. Television has made the NHL, and, and television, because of technology, is having a hand in, in ruining some of what I loved about the NHL and... Uh, they don't need to make a rule for every little thing that goes on. Matt Duchesne was 15 feet offside, and we have an offside cam- four offside cameras now because of that. That's come on. There are goals that have been scored in this league forever that you just can't find. We're not perfect, right? Don't be perfect on offsides. Come on, please, people. Do you want to be perfect there, millennial boy? No. So what you're saying is it's not always everything. Bam. Although Heike tried to think Bam. rename this podcast to the It's Always Everything podcast, but which it's, was a bold... But I think we're workshopping it here to where it is not, in fact, always everything. It's sometimes not sometimes. only everything. 
you you with the voices today, Tom. You're really coming out of your shell. It is today. interesting. Uh, very quickly, uh, trade, suspend, sign, uh, game, and then we're going to get into into some of uh, of tote stuff uh, from a week ago because it's so important to get to. So if you're going to trade one, uh, suspend one, sign one. Here we go. All right, uh, my picks. Um, I, I was a little shaky on the rules here, but I'm going with okay. all time, everywhere, always everything. Well, that seems to be your mantra this morning. So Current, currently, I honestly think the Stars should try and find a way to trade for Taylor Hall. I think that's the best move that they okay. could make right now. That's, right. A, that's a pretty good move. All right. Uh, sign, uh, all time. I, I kind of like the Brett Hall signing. If they could get another Brett Hull out of there and, you know, add him for a couple of years, that'd be a good thing. And then suspend, and I'm going to go way back in time on this one, retroactively suspend Pavel Burry. For? The, the elbow to Shane Churla. I mean, it was, it was egregious. Brian wow, Burke just you are going in the Brian Burke just laughed because it was a little guy beating up a big guy. All right. Uh, you, you're playing the game well. <laughs> Trade for? Drew Doughty. Love his passion. Little sandpaper there. Oh, I just, I, I just love, I love Drew Doughty. I love me some Drew Doughty. Uh, sign, I would, I would sign Wayne Gretzky's dorsomedial area of his, of his uh, pumpkin, for the creative, the, the power play, the overall offensive, out of the box thinking this group could use right now. Suspend is tough. The, I, I, I brought this up because of that. It's incredible. I mean, incredible how quickly the NHL has become void of bad boys. You you go through every team's roster now, and you're like, well, nobody there. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. There there are very few bad boys in the NHL now. Very few. I was watching, I think, uh, maybe it was one of the preseason games where two people were fighting with helmets and shields on. And I'm like, of course they're not fighting. Why would you do that? You have to have your helmet on. You have to have your shield yeah, they, on. And you've got bare knuckles going against plexiglass. Yeah, but that's and it doesn't, fine. They're young. I know, but I'm just saying, why would you even choose to? And then the organizations don't even bring those players. So anyway, in. I would suspend Radko Gudis. I would, I would. He's a cretin. I don't wow. like the way he plays at all. Uh, he just suspend him, get rid of him. All right, uh, Totsi. In in true millennial fashion, Jeff Totes wants attention and an attaboy for a successful bottle flip. Nothing in life exists if it is not recorded and shared. Which this is, was right. But if we throw it back to last week when Totes was just completely remember he just didn't listen to anything we yes. were doing and that, he was working that was but then we found out from what when we finished we found out what he was actually focusing on and he said he spent the entire time paint the picture of what that table looked like well it was a beautiful uh, table it was four sided with two seats on each side in a uh, a parlor. Uh, a lovely so speak, suite of the, the hotel. At the hotel. But it, it had an elevated centerpiece for plugging uh, electronics into and that. Probably about a... A bottle a bottle Four wide. by four. As big as a raised bottle. Raised area. Nine inch diameter. Yeah, I mean... Maybe a diameter of nine inches. May, small, tiny. No, maybe I think six inches. I don't, I don't know how to measure. Tom, did you want me <laughs> to explain it or not? Jesus. 
so Totes had maybe uh, say a fifth of a bottle of water left. Ideal flipping weight, which gives you a nice uh, flip coefficient on that. Great rotation. And uh, we were wrapping things up. I think you'd been pondering this most of the podcast because you were you were not. It's the moment I stepped foot in that room at, at all. He couldn't he oh, couldn't Tom even answer a question because he was so focused on it. That's how that's true. This just <laughs> encompassed all of him. That's true. So so there's video of this. There is shocking to some video of this. So just take us through your preparation and the execution of this and just the pure joy, millennial joy. Well, it was just a perfectly perfectly sized and elevated surface right in the center of the table where we were all Many sitting. would think impossible. Oh, everyone would say impossible. And it was perfect to have you guys there as an audience. And I rose to the occasion. Slick surface. That was not a, that Very, this was not a grippy. No, no. It, the conditions were less than ideal, but yeah. it, it was an incredible performance. And I think it was the third try that just stuck it right. You know, on the, you could have said it was the first try because I know video can be edited. Our videographers over here film the whole time. So you see the misses first. So, yeah. so, but really it was a, it, it, it was a, it was a sort of a tribal group community effort Yeah, because it was videoed, I believe by, by the great Tom Holden. It was. <laughs> it, it was appreciated to the nth degree by hoodie wearing Mike Heike. And it was narrated by yours truly. It's a cinematic piece of video. So rank it, achievements in your life. Where does this oh, one man. come in? Um, you have run with the Bulls. so It's like running with the Bulls, then this, and that's about it. Those are the achievements. What order? I'm, ho I'm hoping there's a lot more coming. <laughs> Uh, those two are, you know, 1A, 1B. That's about it. And then graduating college is, you know, somewhere <laughs> wow. somewhere in there. It was College Station, so of course that's going to be third. Uh, anyway, congratulations on that. We'll, link, we'll link to the video. That Yeah, we need to post it. Now Not only people... the video, but there is a wonderful gif that came out of this, or gif as you want to say. Yeah. We can argue that all day. But anyway, Mike Heike, very, very millennial. Every 10 to 35-year-old on the planet looks forward to seeing you flip a bottle of water onto a, the elevated table. It's a great achievement in that these are the things that are going to make our country great again. Mm. And these are the people who are going to do these things. Oh, okay. Trump was here last week. We don't need any more of that. We're going to make America great again with bottle flipping during a regional sports podcast all right uh you know what since an adequate level of polish and professionalism was not achieved during the recording of this week's rinky dinking and tom holy has interjected throughout we're not even going to give you holy propaganda this week it's always everything 2020 hike a razor we will be back to try again next week elevate our game uh until next week Keep your powder dry. And Mike Heike, what does everyone need to remember? It's always everything. Ta-da.